Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey mom, first things first, thank you. It's my one year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, Mom. Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. Shalim, did Mateo kill Santiago? <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> That's the question I asked actor Shalim Ortiz about the season finale cliffhanger of ABC's Grand Hotel. Will ABC renew a season two? But before you hear Shalim's response, welcome to episode 125 of the highly relevant podcast, A Latinx Show, where I interview the people and discuss the moments that are shaping our American and Latino pop culture. Filming culture critic Mike Sargent stops by to help me discuss Jennifer Lopez's new movie, Hustlers, out this week. She's getting a lot of Oscar talk for her performance, but what about the movie? Was it any good? Then Shalim Ortiz talks Grand Hotel and every question you have wanted answered. So what do you say? Let's begin with Hustlers. These Wall Street guys, you see what they did to this country? They stole from everybody. Hardworking people lost everything. And not one of these douchebags went to jail. The game is rigged and it does not reward people who play by the rules. Joining me now is Mike Sargent, film and culture critic for WBAI Radio and Fox News with Maria Bartiromo and other media platforms talking about movies and culture. And he's a special friend of the show for a long while now. And uh, I'm always uh, very happy to have him. I give you a lot of love here, right, Mike? Uh, listen, I love the love. I love the love. <laughs> of course you do, Mike. <laughs> I love the love. <laughs> and by the way, you know who's been getting a lot of love? Hustlers, the movie. Ah, you know, uh, and I think there's a number of, we're going to discuss it. And I'm, I'm kind of excited because I've been thinking about it since I saw it. Uh, and I want to describe what it was like for me. But I'm very curious what you thought of the film on several levels. What, what's, what's your perspective, Jack? Well, Jennifer Lopez, man, was wow in that film and that's the second time i saw that film i agree with you jennifer lopez is at a very interesting and and specific stage of her career you know she can really own who she is you know failure successes all of it she is she's a self-created icon she's she's the ultimate diva uh she's the ultimate latina diva and she she's just done so much and you, you could kind of take for granted, but it, it, it's just amazing if you really looked at her her career and resume. So I agree with you, and I think she completely owns this film every time she's on owned screen. Owned it. Owned every I, scene. I, owned I, uh, I, the scenes with Cardi B. Owned the scenes with Constance Wu. Owned the scenes with Lizzo. Owned the, owned the scenes with everybody. And, and, you know, here's the thing about Jennifer Lopez. There's now all of... I mean, I said this last week. You heard it in the podcast. As soon as I saw it... Uh, Jennifer Lopez will be considered for award nomination. What happened uh, yesterday? 
dude, like 20 articles came out. Variety, Hollywood, The Guardian. Yep. All yep. the big yep. trades, Jennifer Lopez, Oscar buzz. It was obvious, Mike. She was the it's, best thing in that movie. Well, not only was she the best thing in that movie, but here's what's interesting, especially, you know, just if you want to touch upon the idea of a Latina in Hollywood, like, okay, um, you, you could take anybody's career, any white of her white counterparts, and say, okay, wow, look at the roles that this person missed out on, or that person missed out on, uh, and no, just, just in acting, not talk about music at all, but just in acting, say, oh, well, they could have done this role, but Jennifer Lopez... You know, similar to, to Penelope Cruz, Hollywood doesn't really know what to do with Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> they, 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 they don't really have, like, roles for the powerful roles for Latina. People would down her for playing uh, non-Latina roles or roles where she really plays down. But the reality is, you know, uh, you know, she's still got to do, you know, such and such made in Manhattan. She's still got to do a lot of things, not unlike an Octavia Spencer or, or a lot of uh, 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 black actresses uh, who who they're still fighting to get uh, the good roles, the roles that, that have something to say beyond being uh, a, a Latino, beyond the ethnicity that, that will lift up people's perspective mm -hmm. uh, of such things. So I think it's smart of her to get involved with this project. It's a perfect project for her. She looks great. Uh, she, she works hard and she does something that only a really great, not just an actor, but a movie star can do. She makes you like a very unlikable character. The key to a, a successful film, a film that you're going to care about the characters liking or, or caring about somebody who's not so likable mm -hmm. is, is the, the chemistry, the relationships, just how human these people are. You know, the fact that, that, I, in my opinion, if, if there was any flaw to this film, you know, it's not that there's not enough Cardi B. The, <laughs> if, if, there's the, <laughs> if there's any flaw to this film, uh, it would be that the tone uh, is somewhat uneven. Uh, uh, but in many ways, I, explain what I like that. Ex explain about I'll tell tone. You exact, I'll explain about tone and uneven. In many ways, this movie starts one way. Okay, we see a setup. We see activity, the camera's moving, then all of a sudden we meet Jennifer Lopez. And the movie takes a very different tone, okay? We see her in this setup, she's lit, and she's like the ultimate diva on the roof. But then all of a sudden, as you start to get to know her, okay, there's this whole... Uh, almost what seems like improv of, of them teaching her the, the, both Jennifer Lopez and Cardi B teaching Constance Wu how to dance on the pole. And what you see is something you almost never see, uh, in, in a film, especially in a film about women like this is how these women bond. Not not in the ways you right. typically. Well, Magic Mike typically... did that with strippers. It's just they were male, ah, but you don't. Yeah, but, yeah, but Magic Mike, I, I don't even think can, can touch what this film does in my opinion and i like magic mike but i don't think it can touch it because we're talking about a whole different kind of thing and it does magic mike but male bonding we've seen forever female bonding especially in an environment where they're all being objectified they're all being uh they're all making making choices by the way they they're being they're make. being objectified um because of their own will. No one's forcing them to do that. Well, so you see, now that's a perception. That's a perception. And, and I disagree with that perception. I disagree with that perception 100%. And as a matter of fact, I think that's part of the point of the film. You know, it, you, you can, it's very easy to stand back and say, well, you could do something else. 
oh, oh, oh you're, nobody's forcing you to be a, a stripper. Well, let me just tell you something. If, if you're in a situation where you need money, you don't have skills, you don't have a degree, you don't have whatever it is, what, and you, you have a child or, or, or bills to pay, or what are you going to do? You know, some people will do something uh, illegal. Or, or sell drugs. Some people will, you know, do something that's backbreaking or, or drive a truck or, or, or do something, you know, but what choices does a young woman have? Okay. Now, if she's pretty, there's a choice, an option she has that you and I don't have. Okay. Because of the way society's set up and that choice to make that choice, you know, however you, that's what I also thought was strong about this film, especially Constance Wu's character. You know, there's a point where you see she did it, she had to stop doing it because the market fell out of Wall Street and the clients went away. But then she tried to do something else. She didn't want to go back to doing this. Nobody does. Okay. You know, I shouldn't say nobody does, but let's just say when you're making this choice very often, and I don't know how many strippers you've known uh, or any women in the, in the sex industry is, you know, read whatever you want into it, but I've known a number of them. And, and it is, is a conflict. The money's good. But, but, but it's, it's like the golden handcuffs. And that's, that's something that this film deals with too. Addiction and greed and, and money and how it corrupts you, how it perverts you. The same people who they felt should are worthy victims, they became very much like them. Well, I think what you're really talking about here is the moral circumstances in which the film places these characters. What, what you don't get, and they only touch upon here, is just how abusive these men are to that these is women. true okay and that is a serious thing i mean you don't just one day decide oh okay i'm gonna rip these guys off you know i've i can't i don't even want to say here things that i've heard that men do you know how they will stuff the money on 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 some of these all the kinds of things that men do and again i'll liken it well, I, I think a great example of that is when Constant Wu's character is telling the story to the journalist, Jessica, about how she had to give oral sex to this one guy that promised her $300. And when he put the money down, it was actually three $20 bills. All right. And that's, in my opinion, that's the least of it. That That's a good example. And Maybe it's a PG-13 example. It's a PG-13 example of just how little respect these men have for these women. I think that's me- most of society, though. How many people do you know actually respect uh, strippers as role models in our industry or in our well, society? The, the, forget role models. How about just human beings? Okay, that's the point. And that's the point of this. I feel that, you know, you know, they, I don't want to give away too much of the film because there's a line towards the end of the film where, you know, the, the constant Wu's character is observing, reading the article that she participated in. She has new, you know, viewpoints on, on why this all happened. And I think that this is an exploration of the human condition. And I, I really liken, you know, what happens to strippers and their views towards men is very, I can liken it to how cops are to the rest of society, especially people of color. You know, they have this point of view and there are others who have this point of view. And now we, we all kind of, it's an us and them. You know, and there, you know, I'm not the kind of guy that goes to a strip club and I'm not saying anything negative about men who do, but there's definitely a culture uh, that, that's uh, oh, with corporate executives, especially Wall Street it, guys, all of it, who and, are married. The idea, the idea that you can buy someone, buy their time, uh, uh, that, that there's a commodity that you can trade, you can trade them to your friend and you can buy one for your friend and all those kind of things. Being objectified in that way. 
by another human. It doesn't matter what the exchange is, is, is it is, has an effect. It has a compound effect. What about the moviegoers? I mean, do moviegoers want to see this type of movie? My wife wanted to see it bad. And when she saw it, she said, I really liked it. I really liked it. Well, there it is. And, and I think the reasons that a woman will like this are, the, are things that the man, uh, most men won't even see are in this film. There are a number of things that we've seen many times before, but we're seeing it through the lens of a female writer. Uh, uh, we're seeing the same interaction, the same moment we've seen on film at least a half a dozen times, a half a dozen other movies, but it has a completely different resonance because the person and the people involved, you know, have a different take on how this goes down and how some of the exchange goes down. So I, I, Honestly, I think that this is a movie that even though we got some critics raving now, I think there'll be enough naysayers, okay, uh, that will keep its, its uh, l- let's just say, I think that the movie's going to do well beyond expectations. Absolutely. I think, I think audiences are going to like it even more than the critics. That's what I think. It doesn't make my top 10 yet. I think there's so many movies at Venice, at New York, at Toronto, at Telluride, at Sundance. So I think there's enough films here to push Hustlers down to top 20, top 25. Uh, I think that this is a crowd-pleasing movie. I think that this is going to play very, very well, and this is the kind of movie that's going to be uh, quoted and memed for time, for quite some time to come. Totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. All right, Mike, thank you so much. You can catch Mike Sargent on WBAI Radio and Fox News, and also here on the Highly Relevant Podcast. Thanks a lot for everything, man. Thanks, Jack Rico. And before I talk to Shalim, here are three land tracks you might want to add to your playlist this weekend. Comencemos. Jungle Fire. Así que baila pa' mí, baila pa' mí. Me gusta la manera cuando me lo muevas así. Así que baila pa' mí. Como un bebé, J Balvin and Bad Bunny. Baila pa' mí, baila pa' mí. Sacrificio, Shalim. So, Shalim Ortiz, uh, I'm not sure if many of you know. Uh, Shalim, you and I go way back. We go like about 20 years, right? Double digits, man, yep. Double digits. Jeez, man, it's been such a long time. You know, it's been such a pleasure seeing you grow as a professional, as a person. I mean, we met at Univision when you were just promoting Nadine Como Tu, and then afterwards, Cuarto Sin Puertas, which, by the way, is in my top 10 Latin pop albums, you know, I've ever heard, and... I just love that album so much, man. I hope I haven't freaked you out with how much I love that album. No, I'm, I'm humbled, man. But I, I am a witness that your love for that album is 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 definitely a, a one it, of a kind. And it's shared. The <laughs> other day on Instagram, the other day on Instagram, you put a, a, a throwback photo of Nadine Como Tu in Cuarto Sin Puertas. Your comments exploded. Yeah. How did yeah, that make it, you feel, man? That people all this time, was it 19 years? 
Yeah, pretty much. Uh, my first album released in 2001, and my second album came out, I believe, 2003. So yeah, that, do the math. That's like 18 years. 18 years, and I still hear it in the car. Amor 93.1. Aquí está la nueva. De Shalib. You nailed it. Donde corre la sangre. I mean, it's my favorite song. Donde corre la sangre. Donde corre la sangre. So listen, I, you know, and I don't want to, I want to talk about so many other stuff that's going on with you right now, especially Grand Hotel that just ended. And I want to talk to you about how you feel. Where are you musically these days, dude? I'm nowhere specific. Um, you could say that for the first time, I'm I'm entertaining the thought of maybe participating in some sort of a, a performance uh, that I haven't. I don't have very very clear in my head. But right, you're 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 starting to evoke thoughts of yeah. maybe doing something for the fans. Yeah, listen. Um, to be honest. One of my favorite parts of my journey as a performer, as a singer, was when I would do my acoustic concerts. And uh, I, I, I can be totally uh, honest about this, but it was through the those acoustic concerts that I was that I learned how to sing live, where I to a point where I felt comfortable doing so. Wow, um, that's where you get that that street, you know, experience. You know that that. That nothing else teaches you. you that know, live no, no, shit, no man. Yeah, yeah, being live. What what does that feel like, dude? To perform live in front of twenty thousand. Like, what's the most amount of people you've performed to? Uh, well, I I did a couple of Plaza de Toros. Um, Damn, in Madrid. In 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 Spain. Uh, yeah, I did Madrid. I did one in Valencia. I think Valencia was one of the most intense ones because it was like this multi talent concert that had Paulina Rubio, Tiziano Ferro, David Bisbal, Bustamante, and myself. It was like the one of those. The next generation. Yeah. And, and, and that, I'm not sure if that was the most amount of people, but it was one of the most magical nights because I remember giving off the microphone to the public, uh, to the audience, and they would sing the the chorus of Nari Como Tu along with me. And yeah, that must have been insane. <laughs> So right after your music career, you jumped right into acting and you got Heroes on NBC, which at the time was a phenomenon. Yeah. It was probably the biggest show on television. Then you went on to do Magic City on Stars, mm -hmm. uh, several telenovelas on Telemundo and Univision. Mm -hmm. And it all led you to this moment right now on ABC Prime Time playing Mateo on Grand Hotel, which just ended its season finale and... Uh, People went nuts on social media after that cliffhanger. But the problem is, is ABC has been mum. So I guess the question I have to ask you, my man, is what do you know so far? We haven't heard anything yet. We haven't heard yes or no. And uh, every time everybody's on a bubble, I think, you know, we all feel the same way. We're like, well, we could get the final word any minute now. But um, yeah, it's a little bittersweet. Not gonna lie. Social media is going crazy. Social media is going. They're going crazy. Nuts. The season finale was a stream. You guys been trending uh, for the last three weeks, top ten. The ratings went through the roof on this one uh, on the last episode. Um, I believe they're, they're re-airing it next Monday. For yes, I heard that. I, I heard that. Uh, apparently, is going to uh, maybe wrong, but I, I I read that 
they're going to re-air the season finale next Monday at 9 p.m. after Dancing with the Stars. If you haven't heard an official word yet, it's because they're mulling this over in the executive rooms. This is like 50-50, man. Like, it's where the wind blows that particular day. And I think that there's a sense that this show is important for obvious reasons, you know? It's the first Hispanic family on mainstream primetime TV broadcast. Drama. Yeah, drama, because yeah. George Lopez has done it in comedy, but this format is a drama. We may be wrong, but this could very well be, if not the first, definitely one of the first uh, Latinx, prominent, uh, diverse, primetime drama show ever, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's I, really multicultural. Like, I remember going to set with you and meeting everybody, and it was just like... Randy Raquel Robinson, Chris Warren, amazing actors. And then you get an Australian, Lincoln Unis, you know? Exactamente. And then you, and, and then you get this whole Latinx cast, Demian, Rosalind. By the way, Denise um, Tantz, she's she's Latina, right? She's Salvadorian. I believe, I believe her mother is Salvadorian. Yeah, that's correct. Yo, Denise does not read Latina to me. At all. At all. And and Brian doesn't read Latino to me either. But then, and see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Because in, in my personal life, I understand that, I, dude, I lived in Miami. There were white Cubans that looked like Germans to me. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. And you're like, dude, how could you possibly be Latino? And that's me being ignorant to the fact that the Hispanic race, culture, and language doesn't necessarily mean an association to a particular skin color because it's not Completely. a homogenous society. So uh, it's it, that's the beauty of the Hispanic culture. A adding to that, um, I think one beautiful thing about Grand Hotel is that it also embraces those Latinos who are first generation, like the Miambichir, and it embraces their accent and their yeah. and the way they speak English. And, mm -hmm. and, and and I believe, I think that's beautiful, man. It I mean, I, I really think that is the future, you know? Um, Diego Luna in, in Star Wars, you know? Rogue One, yeah. Rogue One, I mean, he speaks English. Pedro Pascal in The Mandalorian Great, now, yeah. Yeah, although Pedro Pedro is borderline American. Like he's, he, he really has almost zero accent oh, you know dude let's talk about oscar isaac i mean oscar isaac, if i you know? told you oscar isaac era guatemaltego you wouldn't believe me yeah yeah raised in miami uh, ra yeah but when you all of his movies there's no trace of him no of, trace. Of, of of his latino-ness at all and he and, reads and, american like american mainstream you know yes he does yes he does but but that's that again that's what's amazing about this that you know it doesn't matter it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether you have an accent, whether you don't have an accent. It matters that you are you and, and, and that you're an individual, you're unique, and, and no one can take that away from those who have happened to have an accent, you know? How did you come up with Mateo then? The moment I read the sides, the sides are those scenes they give you to do the, the casting, I always felt a coldness in his delivery. Um, don't ask me why, but I remember cold reading those lines that were written. And of course, they were written a certain way. And, and I, I want to guess that they were looking for that. You know, they were looking for that poker face, cold neutrality, you know, that, that neutral tone that would make him cold hearted. And, you know, one of the scenes in the casting was when Ingrid tells Mateo that she's pregnant, you know? Yeah. And, and I remember Mateo, I mean, when I read that, Mateo goes like, you know what? Um, I'll make an appointment and we can go together, you know? And, <laughs> that was a great and scene, she goes, I remember. She goes, 
what do you mean? And she uh, and he goes, yeah, we can go together, take care of it. You know, don't worry, I'll take care of everything. You don't have to worry about anything. Let's do this. Let me know when you make the appointment. I'll take the day off and we can go together. The appointment? Of course, I'll pay for everything. You don't need to worry about that. So sly. That's the thing about... The <laughs> By the way, man, I I've always told you that the thing about Mateo is that you can never know who he really is. Is he a nice guy or is he a bad guy? And I don't I, I'm sure I asked you. I just don't remember you, your response. So refresh my memory. Was that deliberate to make him ambiguous or did you kind of organically fall into that? I think I organically fell into that because I remember from day one, um, remember when I shot my first scene that I asked Eva to please trust me because I made him very, very neutral and cold, a little colder than they almost directed me, you know? So it was a little risque, you know, to 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 back that. But I really thank uh, Ken Olin and, and, and Eva, uh, Ken, Ken, who was the director, for trusting me to do this. But So they gave you all the creative freedom to, to do what you felt Mateo needed to be. Yes, yes. Mm. But then when Teresa comes into play, played by Katie the Segal. amazing... You know, uh, love and Queen marriage. Dude, I know. I, I, I know. I'm. I know. People are going to be like, "What?" I never saw Sons of Anarchy, so I never saw her in that in that show. Therefore, the only real image I have you. is you know, married with children. So yes, I remember. I, I went to L.A. I went into the makeup room with you, and she walks in, dude. Yo pensé que que perdí la mente. I, I thought I lost my mind for a second, dude. Yeah, uh, that was that was that, that was a crazy moment for me. That was a moment, yeah. And uh, I was like paralyzed for like a second, starstruck. So I, was and, I? And it's, and it's <laughs> dude. If I was starstruck, how did it feel to actually share scenes with her? Man, listen, it's almost a harder acting job to pretend that you're play. You're, you're totally cool with somebody, somebody next to you who you're totally starstruck with. Because when I met her, I was I just wanted to tell her, oh my God, I love you. <laughs> yeah, how can you not? All you want to tell her is that. Yeah, and, and obviously I did eventually, but uh, I just, I didn't want to scare her off and, you know. Yeah, dude, you, so you might have come off as a groupie at first. It would have been would, a little, it yeah, would have been, been different. A, yeah, it would have been different. It would have been a little intense. But um, <laughs> <laughs> she was amazing as Teresa and, and, and to go back with uh, uh, Mateo's duality, uh, I, I, Brian Tannen and his writer's team did a great job at creating this duality that Mateo had, which really helped me a lot in the episodes that, that I shot afterwards because it, it exposed that Mateo had these traumas from years from Teresa. Teresa, you know, got him from the streets in his 20s. and they don't reveal what exactly happened, but she made him do some really dark shit. What do you, you know? think that was, dude? Kind of fill in the blanks for us. You know, just 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 murders innocent people that did her wrong, you know, or that owed her money, or like you know, a, a father of three that you know was probably a really nice guy, but Teresa, you know, wanted me to take him, you know, so just. I, I would create all these scenarios in my head and even darker, you know, and then wow. and then when when the whole, you know, uh, selling the women episode happened, um, it really showed how, 
how far she goes and how dark her her storyline was, I, I think that was the catalyst, you know? So um, it, it was just great. I mean, I, I have no complaints about the, the way the character was was written and, and the, the story arc. What was the hardest scene for you to do in in that show? You know the the whole uh, the whole sequence of uh, when they're selling the women and that whole art gallery. Yeah, I remember house, that. The energy was so tense um, while we were shooting that that it was uncomfortable for all of us. Like we want, you know, I think it was the only time that we just wanted to get this over with because just. Just having all these beautiful women there, and you know, even though it was fiction, there was a really dark energy because I don't think it gets any darker than human trafficking, you know? Yeah, I know, man. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, child and human trafficking is probably the, the darkest stuff out there, you know? So it was it was definitely, we could all feel that storyline. Uh, and and it, was, it was very difficult to shoot, definitely. Demian Bichita, man. This is a guy that I've met that we have exchanged conversations, discussions, and when I saw Che and I saw his version of Fidel Castro, that dude became someone else to me, man. That, that, that yeah. dude became like cinema verite actor. Like this dude was on another level. Yeah, yeah, he is, he is. So what was it like to go toe-to-toe with that guy? You know, n- number one, I've never taken it for granted. I have always, you know, I have a lot of flaws, but I can tell you one thing I'm, I'm, I pat myself in the back is that I... I never take for granted the people I work with. You know, I'm, I'm, I always vibe on a level of gratitude. You know, so to me, to share screen time with Demian was 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 a gift. You know, was mm-hmm. was, was was a gift as an actor. You know, so uh, he was such a, a gracious actor. You know, I, I, he was so generous. You know, uh, as an actor, sharing scenes and. And when you work with him, you realize why he's so great. You know, he, 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 he likes to build the scene. He likes to create the moment from ah. grabbing the pencil to the look in his eyes. You know, it, it, nothing is a coincidence. He definitely constructs uh, these, these, these moments with you. And uh, it, it was just great. I mean, I, I can say that Mateo and Santiago had some great chemistry, you know, even in the conflict. And I feel that the writers also felt that because they would write us, you know, that that's almost how the, the season ended. You know, um, it was it was it was it was in the office, you know, with Santiago. It had to end that way. It was a full circle of that dynamic between the two of them. Shalim, did Mateo kill Santiago? <laughs> we'll find out <laughs> obviously you don't know or they, they don't wait a minute did, did they tell you and you can't say or you don't know brother we don't know oh so they never wrote it i don't they might have they might they, they might have wrote it but they didn't tell us <laughs> okay this is why this is why twitter when 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 berserk yeah you know you know when we found out who killed sky on the table read of episode no. 13. So they treated this thing like Star Wars. Pretty much, yeah. They they, wow. they disclosed very little information. Now, they why is that? Is that because they don't trust the actors? Honestly, I would lie to you if I told you what's exactly their mod- their, mo- their motivation. Um, I can tell you that I, that I support it. I like it. I like it. I like not knowing what I'm not supposed to know sometimes, you know? But this is why Grand Hotel Season 2 needs to be renewed, you know? Um, the whole cast 
has uh, been supporting that idea, obviously. Uh, there's a Renew Grand Hotel Season 2 Twitter account. Change.org uh, <laughs> link. What? Really? I didn't know that yeah. one. Yeah, Get out of here. Link. Yeah, dude. Okay, so link. Yeah. you can't leave shows like that and not think that the people that have invested 13 weeks of their lives to see every episode and maybe even binged it on demand is going to allow an ending like that to happen. Dude, they went crazy on the finale with Rita Moreno one day at a time and yeah. they brought it back. I love the fans who write me or 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 bump into bump bump into me on the street and they think it's it's me, you know. And they're like, "Dude, you need to do something about this." Man. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, what is that like, dude? When someone's so invested in a show um, that that they have to kind of break social code to kind of just talk about it. It's beautiful, man. It's beautiful. It's one of the most endearing beautiful parts of 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 this career man i mean whoever doesn't enjoy that it's it's it's, it's missing out you know right, i right. think because because that that's part of the fiction that's part of the you know i am like that as a, as, as a spectator like I, I if if i bump into charlie Herman, i'd be like man you know <laughs> I, I would ask him a thousand questions about jack's teller you know and uh it, that's part of that's part of this it's beautiful i love it when the season finale happened, uh, you were in Florida with your yeah. mom, your brother, your sister, uh, your family, your kids. My oldest, yeah. What was that like to see yourself at 40 with your family, with your kids, with everyone that means anything to you, watching such a special moment of your career, an achievement, um, amongst these witnesses that are seeing you on TV while they're like sharing it with you right there. It's like unlike any other experience you can have. I mean, it's what you said. This, this, You don't get, even as an actor, you don't get those days every day. That doesn't happen every day, you know? So To be able to share very, something like that. Yeah, that, that that's a moment. And then what I was going to say is when you add that the show you're watching is a show like Grand Hotel that is going to shock you the way the finale shocks you with all those twists and turns. And you see your loved ones around you with their jaws dropped, including my 10-year-old. That really makes it even more magical because it's not just they're not just watching me because they're supporting me. They're invested, you know? How would you categorize Mateo? Is he a good guy or a bad guy to you? <sighs> I think he was once a good guy who turned... Life turned him bad because of certain circumstances. And I think that's why people in a dark, twisted way sympathize with Mateo a little bit. Because all of the reasons why he turned out to be the way he is are not revealed. But just enough is revealed for you to understand that this guy wasn't born with a gun in his hand, you know, and with an evil eye, you know. Life kind of like, you know, gave him, you know, those scars and and, and made him, you know, cold-hearted. and. Uh, and it's cool. I like that. You know, I like that. I think there are moments when Ingrid loses the baby and uh, when Santiago asks him to help him out. There's moments that you can see a glimpse of, you know, heart there, you know? I don't want to see Mateo go. I know he got fired by Santiago. And uh, the last scene we see is where he says... Ingrid asks him, where are you going? And he says, to make one last mistake. 
Where are you going? To make one last mistake. What a great line. The way you delivered <laughs> that line. It was a pretty line. good line. Dude, dude, how much... How much working ad did you have to do for that last scene, dude? For those 15 seconds those of free 15 time? 15 seconds. How much? Oh, my God, dude. Well, let's just say I don't have Lincoln Uni's 25-year-old metabolism, you know? so That dude is so um, ripped, man. That guy's ripped. Yeah, yeah. He's but, ripped. I mean... But you look yeah. great, man. I mean... But thank you, man. But that, that box... The tattoos... I was like, whoa, man, those tattoos are very... Pre but dude, it goes with the character, too, the tattoos. It does, it does, it does. <laughs> but it was the first time in the whole show that your hair wasn't gelled up. Yep. Yeah, second, uh, the boxing scene. Oh, that's and, right, the boxing uh, scene. And Ingrid, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that was the last time we saw you. You got up, and then you did that little turnaround. <laughs> Where are you going to make one last mistake? <laughs> and then cut to Santiago, yep. man. So, wow, bro, man. Listen, uh, I've enjoyed the show, uh, and so has most of America. Obviously, you know, we're all rooting and supporting uh, that ABC finally come clean at some point in the, in the next couple of days and tell us the good news of them uh, renewing season two. Um, but, you know, what what else do you want to tell the fans, man, that have spent so much time with you in the la these last uh, two, three months? Oh, listen, I I want to tell everybody who watched the show and who's written me on Twitter, and I've tried to be, I've tried to answer it or retweet as much as I can, humanly can. <laughs> but I just want to say thank you. Uh, I have never received this amount of outpouring love the way I did with Grand Hotel, and I will never forget that. Um, I, I I feel like, you know, I've really gotten the taste of how magical and beautiful and powerful social media can be that it connects you with people you have never met uh, and, and you start gravitating in the same frequency with all these people. And it's such a unification that doesn't compare to anything else. So I just want to say thank you, you know, and, and if this is the end of the road, hopefully not. Um, I, I This will always be one of the most endearing, irreplaceable experiences I've ever lived in my career and nothing will change that. If you, if you haven't seen Grand Hotel yet, uh, go on demand, abc.com or just, I, I think it's on Hulu too. I believe it's on Hulu. It's I, on Hulu. I, I, think, I think it's on Hulu for a, for a limited period of time. And, and they're, re, they're re-airing it, I think, right? Next Monday. They're re-airing the season finale next Monday. So if you want to catch up before you watch the season finale. Then you got a whole week to do it or you got the weekend too. You got too. a whole week. Yeah, you can totally binge it. No hay más nada que decir. Congratulations on an incredible job on Grand Hotel. We're crossing our fingers that it gets renewed for season two. But if it doesn't, your future is bright, man. So uh, good luck with everything. Take care, man. Thank you. That's it for episode 125 of the Highly Relevant Podcast. I want to thank Shalim and Mike Sargent for coming on the show. And if you'd like to support this podcast, please spread the love on social media and tell all your friends about it. You can reach me on Instagram at Jack Rico and my Facebook page, Jack Rico 40. Remember, it's only through your support that our show can grow. I'm Jack Rico. See you next week on another episode of Highly Relevant.
BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit caron.org slash lost.